No time to waste on an intro today because Donald Trump testified in the New York Attorney General civil fraud case. It was unhinged, incriminating, bizarre, devastating for any plausible defense by Trump and the Trump Organization, if there ever was one to begin with, which there wasn't. But most importantly, my co-host Michael Cohen was in that courtroom. He knows the players. There's nobody nobody better to break it down. I dare you to find someone better to break it down in this country than Michael Cohen. So Michael Cohen, I want to show you this clip first. This is Donald Trump leaving the court after the devastating testimony. He was just horrible on the stand. He was almost kicked out. He incriminated himself. Play the clip of Trump leaving. Michael Cohen, I want to get your reaction to that. By the way, here's the courtroom sketch of Donald Trump. I'm not sure if you saw this. There he is right there. Michael Cohen, I want to get your reaction. Uh, look at the little hands in that sketch, huh? So look, let me be very clear. Uh, reality and what exists in Donald's head are two very, very different things. They are not just universes apart. Their entire constellations. They are light years apart. I mean, there is no reality to anything that Donald said. If we took it line by line, you would say, holy shit, this man is absolutely delusional. 
Or is he not delusional? Is this all part of the same shtick, knowing that he's already sunk, knowing that he's already lost the most important part of the case, which is the liability, where um, under summary judgment, it was granted by Judge Ngoran pursuant to the prosecutor's motion. This is not a case about whether Donald did or did not commit fraud. He did. Determination by Judge Ngoran. This is a matter of what's called disgorgement. How much money did Donald Trump benefit from the lies? Now, what's interesting is they continuously attack me. He's their only witness. He's their only witness. He's a liar. He's a terrible, terrible guy. No, no, no. I'm not their only witness. Let me be very clear. It started off with Donald Bender, the accountant for Mazers. After Donald Bender, it then went to Alan Weisselberg, who was the CFO of the Trump Organization, followed by Jeff McConney, followed by Patrick Bernie, followed by the president of um, Mazers, uh, the you know the head um, of Mazers, and then uh, so on. And then there was one additional person before me. I am not, as Judge Ngoron said, Mr. Cohen is not the key witness. He is a witness, and there is enough evidence and documentation to fill this courtroom. What's interesting is if, in fact, that they thought that they had me, one would think that they would have put me on their witness list, but they know that they don't want me back on the stand because that would give um, cross-examination rights to the prosecutors, and we would lay once again the entire predicate of this case out. I'll say another thing. After four hours, Donald was, he was exhausted. He was mentally exhausted. This is, this is so unfair. It's so unfair. And then he gets that look, that disheveled look, where oh, the whole body just slumps forward. You're just afraid that he's going to bang his face into the microphone or fall face first into the water cup. Donald acknowledged to the court that he knew about the inflated numbers and that they were approved by him. These are his responses. So what is it that I lied about? And again, for those brigaders who aren't um, on top of this, it's very important. They want to make an issue out of one line from a 500-page transcript before the Senate Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. And my answer, despite the fact that it contradicts what I stated at the time of trial, both happen to be true. And you may say to yourself, how is that possible? How can you have contradicting statements that are both true? So let me explain it to you. This is incredible. What they did is they played a very devious and a very inappropriate and improper method when they were questioning me. Yes or no answers, Mr. Cohen. No no additional, just yes or no. And they pulled out a question that was, Mr. Cohen, specifically, did Donald Trump tell you to inflate the numbers on his statement of financial condition? And I took a moment and I said, well, specifically? Yes, specifically, 
Is that what he told you? And the answer was no. But when asked whether or not Donald had directed me to inflate the numbers along with Alan Weisselberg, my answer was yes. So they start to go, oh my God, that's it. We got him. He's a liar. Holy shit. Yay. Congrats to us. He's a liar. He's a perjurer. Chris Kai's got up that puny little shit that he is. Gets up, you know, and he's like, Mr. Cohen is a perjurer, and this case needs to be dismissed. Cliff Robert gets up and he goes, We're moving for summary judgment on you know, based upon Mr. Cohen says, No, no, no. Four lines later, and again, as stated in my redirect by the New York Attorney General Prosecutor, Colleen Faraday, what I said was, there's a, different, there's a difference between explicit and implicit. Donald never explicitly said, hey, you and Alan, I want you to go ahead, increase the numbers from $5 billion to 7 or $8 billion, whatever the number was, and then come back and show it to me. That's not how Donald Trump speaks. How many times have you all heard me say Donald Trump speaks like a mob boss? So he didn't specifically or explicitly state it. He implicitly implied it. My, Michael, Alan, I'm not worth $5 billion. In fact, I'm probably not even worth 6 It could be 7 You know what? It's probably more like 8 Go back to Alan's office, figure it out, and come back. Well, we knew what that meant. And how did you know that we knew that he knew what we what he meant and how we knew what it was that he wanted us to do? Because we came back with the inflated numbers to which he signed off on. And then Alan went and provided them to the accountant. It's just the distinction between explicit and implicit. And that's where both answers can be right. There was no lies that were told. The only person that lied was Donald Trump over and over and over again, including right after he said, you know, he um, when I was still on the stand and he started making statements to the press, which was violative of the gag order. And ultimately, the judge had had enough of his nonsense, put him on the stand to which Trump and his lawyers all lied, stating that he wasn't talking about the judge's law clerk, but rather was speaking of me. It's a lie. And the judge said to him, I don't find your testimony credible. Nice way of saying you're a fucking liar, you Mandarin Mussolini orange schmuck and a half. That's what the judge was saying. And then how many lies do you think that he told when he was on the stand? Probably Everything that comes out of Donald, you know, there's that expression. How do you know Donald's lying? Well, his lips are moving. And that's the truth. Donald doesn't know the truth from, from a lie anymore because it's all mashed into one gigantic, you know, line of horse shit. So, look, that's the difference between explicit and implicit. And then all of a sudden he comes out and he's making this that I'm the liar. It's all about deflection. I don't know how many times that we've talked about it, Ben and I, to you guys, to the Brigaders, uh, to my folks over at Mea Culpa Podcast. And by the way, to those of you that joined, because it's now on the Midas Touch Network RSS feed, we're number 10. I mean, we've always been a top 50, top 30 podcast, news podcast, but now we're like top 10. So thank you to all. But it just goes back again, to, you know, to talking about the deception, the deceit by Donald and by his lawyers. 
let's talk about this. Uh, let me try to make it as simple as possible. So if you have a MAGA Republican friend who's confused by, okay, well, Ben and Cohen, this is what they're saying happened in the court, but I'm hearing Donald Trump's lawyer say something different outside of the court. Well, let me ask you this question. Well, then why didn't Donald Trump's lawyers ask him those questions inside the court? You know, they're not limited to just cross-examination by the New York Attorney General's office. So after the New York Attorney General lawyer, Kevin Wallace, completes his cross-examination because it's an adverse witness, what happens after that is there could be a direct examination by Donald Trump's lawyers, by Alina Haba and Christopher Keis, and for all of their ranting and raving in court, trying to interrupt the cross-examination and saying to the judge, you have to let him speak, you have to let him answer, you have to speak to him right now. For all of that that was going on, well, why didn't you, after the cross-examination was done, say, we'd like to have direct examination, Your Honor? Mr. Trump, you were asked on cross-examination this question, and you were told to respond in a yes or no fashion. Can you please explain why 40 Wall Street, on your statement of financial conditions from 2018, in your view, is more valuable than what you're putting on your statement of financial condition? That's what would normally happen in a, in a trial. And you would have one side goes, they get to ask their questions. The other side gets to go and ask their questions. And what Judge Ngoron said when Alina Haba just stood up during the cross-examination and says, Judge, you have to listen to what he is saying. And Judge Ngoron is saying, no, I don't. I have to listen to the questions that are being asked and the answers that are given. That's what Judge Ngoron said, because that's the way a trial works. And then you have your turn after to ask your questions. And Alina Habba didn't do that. Instead, they were kind of sitting there. And Michael Cohen, your lawyer, Donya Perry, did a uh, duet with Karen Friedman Agnifilo. They've been hosting a lot of special edition legal AFs together. And Donya Perry, who's tried many, many cases, says this is like the most unhinged thing she's ever seen to have people like Alina Habba who she thinks has never even tried a case before, standing up, yelling at the judge, telling the judge, you have to listen to the story. You know, one of the things that really hasn't been reported that much, but Donald Trump brought notes with him and Donald Trump tried to read from this note that he, yeah, that so he ben, had. What, so, the, let me, so just for the brigaders, just to expand upon it, what, uh, what he brought was the first page to the uh, statement of financial condition, what he likes to call the um, defense clause or the uh, the damning clause, whatever the hell that he calls it. Um, that's that's what he wanted to read. Uh, the clause that uh, we, we, you don't have to rely upon. Well, it's the mistake that Donald is making in that is that that clause is not for him. That clause is for the accounting firm, from what I believe. I haven't read that clause in a long time, but that's what has been uh, wildly reported. It was that clause that he wanted to read that the judge said, no, no, right? W this It's enough already. You know, this no more political speeches. Just answer the questions. And then he, he starts yelling at Chris Kais, I beseech you, Get control over your client 
or I'm going to end this and I will just take negative inference to any open questions that are out there. But here's That's the thing. Trump walked out, went like that, which sure. was about the best thing. I, I heard I heard clapping going on all up and down Manhattan. And so, so this is how, if you wanted to, for the sake of argument, assuming arguendo, that's what Donald Trump wanted to do, and he brought the uh, clause, and he wanted to read that into the record. So what would occur in a trial is after the cross-exam, the judge says to Alina Habba and Chris Keiss, you may have direct examination with your client. And then you say, Mr. you have to build a foundation because there's rules. And you say, Mr. Trump, I'd like to show you a document. I'm going to show you, open your exhibit book, turn to page 33, whatever the exhibit is. You see that? What is that? And then he would say, oh, that is a clause that I've been referring to as the worthless clause. And then you would ask, That's so can you please read what that states? And then the witness would read it. What was your understanding of what that meant? And then you take testimony. And, and here's the thing, folks. I'm not trying to spin you. Like if they thought that that was the, that what they wanted to get out, it's very easy to introduce it. You just do what I did. You build a foundation. Do you recognize that? What is that for the record? Can you please read it out loud? What does that state? Do you believe that that allowed you to um, – make valuations that were less or more than what you put in your statement of financial conditions. Can you explain why? And then the witness answers the questions. You don't start stand up and start yelling at the judge. And I think we all agree, whether whatever political party you're from, and ultimately what we talk about here on Beatdown, like our rules of evidence, our system of justice, the way we go about things here, I think is something that's worth protecting. I don't want to see Rudy Duty Giuliani style kangaroo court stuff where they would hold those fake hearings outside of the, you know, fake four seasons or in the lobby. Like that, that's not the type of system I want. I, I like a system of evidence and admissible evidence. Here is a clip of Alina Haba where she talks about after she blurted out to the judge when Donald Trump was like doing this like performative weird thing where he was like acting out the type of questions he thought he was getting. And Trump would say things like, Trump had no money. Trump make phony statements. And, and the judge is like, stricken, 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 answer the question. Mm -hmm. Alina Habba stands up and says, judge, you must listen to what he's saying. And the judge is like, no, I don't. I'm going to listen to the answers, not his ranting and ravings. And then she thinks that's like a great aha moment for her, like not knowing the rules of evidence. Here's what she said outside of court. Here, play this clip. You have a right to hire a lawyer who can stand up and say something when they see something wrong. But I was told to sit down today. I was yelled at and I've had a judge who is unhinged slamming a table. Let me be very clear. I don't tolerate that in my life. I'm not going to tolerate it here. And you know what? You shouldn't either. She did tolerate it there. She she sat down after interrupt after interrupting the judge. And that's just not how you behave in a courtroom. You make arguments. You know, this is yes. in, in civilized society that has a judicial system. This is how we, I want to show oh, you one more clip, then I want to get you. Know, and before we go to the next first of all, the next Mrs. Trump, let me explain. She doesn't accept it in her life. No one's ever told her to sit down or shut up. Uh by the way. It's interesting because during my testimony, she started to ask questions which were 
private could jeopardize my safety or were completely irrelevant to the reason that I was subpoenaed to appear as a non-party witness to the New York AG versus Donald Trump, Trump Corporation case. So when she started that nonsense, the first thing I said, objection. Now, that's a little unusual as well for a witness to object from the stand to a question by, uh, you know, in, on cross-examination. Well, unlike Miss Haba or future Mrs. Trump, one of the things that I did is it's called homework. And I actually reviewed a whole series of cases. And I started off by saying, well, she actually then tried to say, Mr. Cohen, we've been down this road before, you know, uh, your your performative, uh, you know, uh, behavior, it's not going to be tolerated by me or by this court. And then the judge said, speak for yourself, Ms. Haba. So she goes, well, it's not going to be tolerated. I said, your honor, let me start by stating Hoffman versus United States Supreme Court, 1954. A non-party witness in a civil proceeding may object to a question if, in fact, that it involves safety, privacy, or irrelevant to the case. If that case isn't enough since it's 1954, let's go to the case of Braswell versus United States Supreme Court, 1988. Same exact thing. You know what? There's a case, actually, that Ms. Haba likes to cite all the time. U.S. versus Nixon, 1974. Let me be very clear. It says the same thing. So pick and choose your poison, Ms. Haba, but I will not be answering those questions. To which the judge turned around and said, Ms. Haba, you may want to move on. All right. So she's been told to sit down. She's been told to shut up. And guess what? She did exactly what she was supposed to do. Only before the camera, performative art, do they... Does, you know, do they get the the gumption and the nerve and the chutzpah, to be honest with you, to turn around and start to denigrate? All of a sudden, who does she sound exactly like, right? Cotton candy head. When she turns around, unhinged judge, out of control, you know, the, this. and I mean, it is one attack after another after another on the judge that, by the way, stupid, that you fucked up on by not having a jury, by not checking the box. You know why? Because you have no fucking clue what you're doing. You are out of your goddamn league. All right, go back to your go back to your parking lot bullshit. Or just hang out with Donald. You know what's funny? Do you all remember that at one point in time, a couple months back, that Alina Haba was no longer, because of other issues, she was no longer going to be doing any legal representation, but rather she was going to be doing stuff for Donald's super PAC. All of a sudden, the legal beagle herself is back. You know what? Normally, I like to wait a little bit, but no. No, you guys got me all good and go. Thanks, Ben, for those videos. Alina, fuck you. All right? Fuck, fuck you, you stupid, worthless asshole, all right? Sitting there, everybody's to blame. Deflect, deflect, deflect. Michael Cohen's a liar. Michael Cohen's a perjurer. Michael Cohen this. She did it again in front of that same that same gaggle of reporters when she came down the steps, all victorious. No, you moron. You lost. You lost this case, and I'm, I'm predicting as I predicted the other day that Donald, unlike my buddy Scaramucci, who's really, he's the greatest. And by the way, guy's a genius. But 
I happen to know Donald better. And I said, the first time they corner the rat, the first time they corner him where he can't answer a question, what happens? He starts the attack. He starts the, the nastiness, the, the, the anger, the vitriol. That's who he is. I've seen it a million times. It's not that, as I said yesterday on television, I'm not Nostradamus. I'm not a prognosticator. I'm just a guy who happens to know the animal that was sitting across from me. So, look, at the end, <laughs> Donald lost this case. Alina Haba lost the case. Chris Kais lost this case, and so did Cliff Robert, plain and simple. And, you know, he's going to be the keppa on the whole thing. I wouldn't be shocked if after this thing goes down and he loses $600, 700000000 million with the disgorgement, penalties, interest, et cetera, I wouldn't be shocked if Donald sues Alina Haba for malpractice. That would be justice. That irony should not be wasted. I don't think Trump would even do better hypothetically, in front of a jury. We saw how quickly a New York Manhattan jury convicted the Trump organization on those 17 felony counts. Seems like a long time ago, but it was about a year ago in the felony tax evasion case. Within hours, they reached the guilty verdict right away. Um, I think, you know, this is an interesting take, but I actually think that they would be better off in front of a judge because you wouldn't have a runaway jury. I could see a jury seeing these facts and ordering damages of like $10 billion just to like stick it to him after hearing how outrageous the evidence is and having to spend all those days in trial. I think they fare better. In I front actually of hope that they don't do that, you know, because that's obviously an appealable issue. And then it would have to go, you know, for a for a damages mm -hmm. trial uh, or back to the judge or to the appellate court. Obviously, if they hit him with a billion dollars, uh, I mean, that's probably excessive. I mean, I'm, I'm leg I legitimately think it's going to be in the 600 million range, you know, coming close to 700. Don't forget, they already had a professional on the stand. That came up, I think it was like 168 million. That's disgorgement just to the insurance carriers. But I love how he's like, nobody lost any money. No one. I pay all my bills. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. Hey, that I mean, <laughs> could you I'm shocked that Colleen or or Kevin Wallace, whoever was questioning Donald, didn't actually go through a whole series of deals where they did not pay. Uh, banks and so on, whether it's like Trump, Chicago, all the way to, you know, wherever. Uh, you know, I can only tell you it's bullshit. Everything that this guy says is a giant heaping pile of smelly, disgusting, orange crusted bullshit. You know, instead of saying that, hey, I robbed the bank, but I returned the money, the bank wasn't right. even harmed. You would argue, I never robbed the bank, nor did I ever have the plan to rob the bank if you were innocent. This is all a lie. Donald Trump, his adult kids who testified, they're never arguing these statements are accurate. What they are arguing is, you know what? It was the fault of Mazers. You know what? It was the, the outside accounting firm. You know what? We relied on Jeff McConney, the former controller. We relied on Alan Weisselberg. That's who did it. You know, or or Cohen, or throwing whoever it is under Anyone. the bus. But they but they never say these were accurate statements. And ultimately, in New York, they're the fiduciaries. The buck stops with them. 
at the top as the leaders of this organization. Exactly. If they want to go out and say they've got a tough business, they should be. And this is again, you know, if you want to have these conversations with people and try to break it down to them in simple terms, you go, well, well, why aren't they arguing that these statements of financial condition when they were testifying are accurate numbers? Why didn't Trump's lawyers go through them about the diligence that was performed to ensure the accuracy? You know, when the cross-exam of Donald Trump said, well, what information did you provide to Mazers, the outside accounting firm, and to the banks? Did you give them specific information? And Donald Trump said, I don't know. I didn't give him any specific information. So hey, you're saying that you're, you off, you, when I cut you off, you were going to show a video. What video was that? Alina Haba, number ah. two. Play it. I'm not here to hear what he has to say. Then why exactly am I being paid as an attorney? And why exactly are taxpayer dollars being used in this courtroom? The answer is very clear. Because Miss James wants to stand right here like she did this morning and call my client a liar. Cohen, I want to get your reaction to that. I also want to show you, did you see that she turned her laptop into a billboard? And so <laughs> she put the law firm's uh, information on the back of the laptop. Salty, if we have that, pull that up right there so that when the cameras were there, she could advertise her law firm. I mean, are you kidding me? Um, you're not kidding me. This is the reality. And, and ultimately, fundamentally, I want to get more of your take home. But like, to me, it just comes down to like, like competence, you know, even Asa Hutchinson, I'll, we'll play this clip in a little bit as well. Republican, former governor of Arkansas. He's like, Donald Trump's behavior is like a petulant child. Like you setting aside your political party, like this is, this is a baby. This is a loser. Like we're the United States of America. Like, come on people. And that's coming from a Republican and, and Asa Hutchinson, former governor of Arkansas. I want to get your take on that Cohen. And I also want to remind everybody about the Patreon community, patreon.com slash political beatdown. We're having a really great time at political beatdowns, Patreon. You just go to P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash political beatdown that community is growing uh wild over there it's and we just have so much fun with it cohen responds to the direct messages it's really cohen interacting because um, i don't sleep you know yeah, i mean i know i know people turn and say oh come on serious i went to sleep i actually laid down last night at about 11 45 give or take and i was up at 155 this morning and I didn't go back to sleep. So if those of you who are writing in the comments, Cohen looks tired. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired. Uh, I can't sleep. You know, the PTSD, sometimes, you know, you get into one of those things. So it is me responding. Um, you know, I don't know how else to prove it to you <laughs> other than to tell you. And so I could take a photo, you know, except my hair is probably all wild first thing in the morning. I'm sitting there watching whether it's CNN uh, or, you know, MSNBC. Or sometimes I'll even just throw something on that I left over the night before on a Netflix or Hulu and Amazon or whatever. But it is me. I love it. Patreon.com slash political beatdown. Go check it out. We'll take our first quick break of the day. We'll be right back. I want to get your reaction to that last Alina Haba clip. And let's talk about Ivanka's testimony. That's coming up on Wednesday. Let's talk about the fact that this uh, trial should be over mid-December. I think it's going to be actually done before then. We'll talk about that and more after our first quick break. 
Heart health and staying healthy, especially when you have a family that you want to be able to spend as much time with as possible, is so important. We could all benefit from heart-healthy energy. One of the best ways to get some, by supporting your blood pressure and circulation. Super Beats Heart Chews are an easy and convenient way to support healthy blood pressure. They're plant-based and stimulant-free, so you get a green boost without the jitters. Paired with a healthy lifestyle, the antioxidants in Super Beats are clinically shown to be nearly two times more effective at promoting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. Super Beats Heart Shoes are incredibly delicious and so much better than any alternative supplements out there. I take my Super Beat Heart Shoes each morning and it's really kickstarted my morning routine. After taking my Super Beats Heart Shoes, I feel like I have more energy and I'm ready to take on the day. Super Beats is the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for cardiovascular health support. It's blood pressure support you can trust. Super Beats Heart Shoes supports healthy circulation, so you not only get blood pressure support, you also get productive, heart-healthy energy without the crash. Double your potential with Super Beats Heart Shoes. Get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Shoes and a free full-size bag of turmeric chews valued at $25 by going to BeatdownBeats.com. Get this exclusive offer only at BeatdownBeats.com, spelled B-E-A-T-D-O-W-N. B-E-E-T-S dot com. Have a great day. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Maid's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Using silver-infused fabrics inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than sheets used by some five-star hotels. Miracle sheets are the perfect gift for your spouse, friends, or family. Who doesn't want better sleep and luxurious feeling bed sheets? And since these come with three free towels, you get two gifts in one, just in time for the holidays. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat to try it today or gift it to someone special this holiday season. And we've got a special deal for our live listeners. Save up to 40%. And if you use our promo beat, B-E-A-T at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. That's great. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat and use the code beat to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle, T-R-Y-M-I-R-A-C-L-E dot com slash beat, B-E-A-T, to treat yourself, a friend, or loved one on this holiday season.
Welcome back to Political Beatdown. We caught you there slacking for a second, Cohen, in between the in between the breaks. I was always got to have the Dukes up at uh, always got to have the Dukes up at all times. Look, look, it was it was it was in between rounds, so I had to have a little water. You know, take the mouthpiece out and so on. You know, I was at a Get Out the Vote event over the weekend that was hosted by Swing Left West Valley. Um, and they're uh, getting heavily involved in California's 27th congressional district race, but they're involved across the country with all of the swing left chapters. It was so funny. Um, uh, someone came up to me and said, uh, you know, can I do it? They said, can I do a picture with you, Ben? Um, and I said, of course. And they said, can you do the beatdown stance? All right, let's do the beat. Of course we can do the beat. I will always do the beatdown stance. If you see me on the street, just know I'm always, it's always okay. I don't know. Cohen, are you okay if people see you to do the beatdown stance? Yeah, I get, stance? I, get a lot, I get a lot of folks. I really haven't had too many ask me for the beatdown stance. Uh, a little bit, a little jealous, to be honest with you. But let's <laughs> let's just go back to Alina for a quick second. Or again, you know, the future Mrs. Trump. Actually, the future divorced Mrs. Trump. Um <laughs> it's it's really amazing that she's developed this this persona where she thinks it's okay. First of all, I don't even know if she's New York bar. Uh, she may be pro hoc vice. If in fact, uh, I know Chris Kais is pro hoc vice. It's very simple for the judge to turn around and said, "I don't like your behavior in my court," and he could withdraw the pro hoc, and then just tell Trump to go find a different lawyer. You can't speak to a judge that way. You can have a disagreement. You can say, I find the judge's decision to be improper. I think it's not based on foundation of law. You could disagree with them. But there is a respectful way to disagree with someone. Is it not the same thing that we are all experiencing on a day-to-day -day basis? Thanks to Captain, Ka I shouldn't call him Captain, it's private chaos. All right. The, you know, private bone spur himself. It's the same divisive, hateful rhetoric that they spew, that she's spewing to a judge. And you know what? We all need to give a blue smash heart to Judge Goron, as well as to Kevin Wallace and Colleen Faraday, uh, prosecutors for the AG's office, and of course, our unsinkable New York Attorney General Tish James, for having the fortitude, the intestinal, and in, just the fortitude to put up with this bullshit that's going on without losing, you know, without losing yourself. Because you know, here she's trying to, again, turn around and say, well, we don't want to hear from him. That's not what Judge Ngoron said. What he was saying, and again, this is what they're so good at trying to do, to take things out of context. The context that Judge Ngoron was saying, we don't want to hear political speech. And he followed up by making that statement. But does telling the truth benefit them? The answer is no. But here's the funniest thing. Trump's lies don't benefit them either. Alina, you fucking dope. Let me be very clear about something. It's not a jury trial. And even if it was, you would look even worse. You would look even worse in front of a jury than judging Goron because he would have to be stricter in terms of the way that you're conducting your questions. They're all compound sentences. They're all basically, um, you know, 
they're they're improper the 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 manner to which that you ask your questions and then your response after each and every question is also improper he would have to have shut you down but worse than that worse is the fact that you would still lose why because again it's all about the numbers it's all about disgorgement you're not going to win after the judge already ruled on the liability aspect that that part of the case is over Sign, seal, delivered, you're screwed. End of story. So why are you doing what you're doing? All you're doing is making Donald look worse. And you may see. So, folks, I'm going to ask everybody as well. When you go to the Midas Touch Network on the digital platform, I actually penned, I do a monthly column for MTN. This one is all about this. It's called, you know, it's stupid is as stupid does. And It's really what it is. Stupid is as stupid does. You think that this is going to help you with the criminal trials that you have that Donald has upcoming? The answer is no. This is a civil proceeding, and Judge Ngoron is a very patient, patient man. Some of the other judges, they will not be patient, and now they already know what Donald and his, you know, bunch of legal beagle, you know, D-class lawyers have in store for when they end up going there. But remember, the other case is not, it's not civil, it's criminal. And an update on the criminal case that's scheduled for trial in federal court in Washington, D.C. Moments ago, an order came through by Judge Tanya Chutkin, where she essentially denied Donald Trump's request to extend and delay all of these deadlines. She gave two weeks, which special counsel Jack Smith was fine with but on the whole rejected Donald Trump's delay tactics and explained that if you adopted Donald Trump's schedule, it would basically require that the motions would be ripe for review on March 1, 2024, trial scheduled for March 4th, 2024. So she appropriately kind of smoked out his scheme as did special counsel Jack Smith as that was a way to try to move the trial date without affirmatively moving the trial date. And that just came through that order was just rejected. And by the way, we've got the Judge Ngoron emojis and we just released the New York Attorney General Letitia James emojis. You're probably seeing those in the chat. We also have Fulton County District Attorney Phony Willis emoji, Special Counsel Jack Smith emojis, a Michael Cohen emoji, and others. You know, a lot of organizations uh, raise funds, usually with outside investors. We do it here through uh, emojis as one of the ways. Let's talk about New York Attorney General Letitia James, though, what she had to say outside of the courthouse after Donald Trump's testimony wrapped up. Let's play that clip. The defendants and the Trump organization. He rambled, he hurled insults, um, but we expected that. At the end of the day, um, the documentary evidence demonstrated that in fact, he falsely inflated his assets to basically enrich himself and his family. He continued to persistently engage in fraud. Um, The numbers don't lie. And Mr. Trump obviously can engage in all of these distractions. And that is what exactly what he did, what he committed on the stand today, engaging engaging in distractions and engaging in name calling. Um, But I will not be bullied. I will not be harassed. This case will go on. We look forward to hearing the testimony of Ivanka Trump on Wednesday, and then we plan on closing our case 
um, and then there will be some motions on Thursday, um, and then uh, the defense will present their case in chief. Um, justice will prevail, and it's important that all of you understand um, that we have already been victorious in our motion for summary judgment. Um, and now we look forward to disgorgement and to the remaining counts in our action against Donald Trump and his repeated and consistent fraud against the citizens of the great state of New York. Do you think and by the way, you know who agreed with the unsinkable New York Attorney General, Letitia James? How about this? Yes, but how about this? Former Republican Governor Asa Hutchinson. Yep. And, you know, and, and here's why I say it's too simple right now to be like in 2024, it's about Democrats and Republicans and conservatives versus liberals and progressives. These MAGA Republicans, I don't view as conservative. I view them as embracing a fascist ideology mixed with an idiocracy. And here is Asa Hutchinson, a Republican who I'd actually consider to be a conservative person in the traditional sense of the word, although I definitely am not a fan of Asa Hutchinson. Let me make that very clear. But here's what he had to say just about character. Character is important. Listen to what he had to say about Donald Trump's testimony. But we do not need to have a president that undermines our rule of law, that goes to the courtroom as he did today in New York and acts like a child, a petulant child. We don't need that in America. We need adults in the room. We need adults in the room. And by the way, here's what Ron DeSantis said. Here, play this clip of DeSantis. As somebody who's a leader, you should want people who are delivering big victories for their constituents, standing up for conservative values, which Kim has done. And it's almost like with Donald Trump, if you don't kiss the ring, you could be the best governor ever and he'll trash you. You could be a terrible, corrupt politician, but if you kiss his ring, then all of a sudden he'll praise you. You know, it's interesting, Cohen, because, you know, we're recording this on November 7th. I want to remind everybody out there that today is an election day. So make sure that you vote. Make sure that you tell people to vote. But it, do whatever you can, please. Like, you know, the, some of these races will be decided by hundreds of votes. And there's 17, 18,000 people watching this live, one of the most watched live streams of all of YouTube, number one in news and politics in the world. If this community right here, right now, after this show ended, you just called one or two people, this community in this room can be the difference maker today, today. So please, please, if you can just Post on all of your social medias after this. Remind people about the election. You could share your stories in the chat and the comments, too, about registering voters and getting voters out to the polls today. I, I wanted to mention that. But, you know, I also reflect in Cohen on Iowa and some of Donald Trump's posts. You know, Iowa is such an interesting state with like the caucus system and the caucus captains and how organizations really needed. Donald Trump's putting a lot of money into Iowa right now, which is telling me that he's seeing some data that's actually causing him some concern there with Nikki Haley and DeSantis and others. And what's interesting is, is that Trump in Iowa is actually at like 41 to 43% there. And then everybody else actually adds up to more. And you've been talking about that number before, and that's kind of his ceiling even within his own party. Yeah. Well, let me start by just saying this too. 
first and foremost, if you think that Tish James is the G, put up a Ben emoji, all right? Put up a Ben emoji. Let's see. She is unsinkable. I mean, she has figured out exactly how to. It's amazing that this is the case that went first because it's his money that equals his id, his ego, his super ego, all smashed together, right, into a giant narcissistic sociopath. And that's, she has figured out how to absolutely unhinge him. So I don't even know how he's going to behave for a criminal trial. It's, he he understands that, of course, the criminal one, you lose your freedom. This one, he's going to lose his money. I'm not so sure I could I could actually tell you which one is more important to him. So sorry about that digression. It was on my head, Ben. Uh, what was what was the question that you were asking me? Um, with uh, all of the polls in Iowa, you've always talked about how Donald Trump has this kind of right. cap, even within right. the Republican Party, of about 42, 43 percent. If you add it up. All of the other people who are in the race, whether it's Nikki Haley, DeSantis, Christie, Asa, you know, all those people, it actually adds up to more than what his support is. So the question is, is if these caucus goes to the different rounds and, you know, and it's an interesting system they have there. He's already talking about, too, that that it would be rigged in Iowa. He's already going back to that game plan. And I just wonder if if people in Iowa are seeing it and if we're in for a surprise when when that happens in 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 Iowa. And because, you know, I, I know a lot of people are obsessing over these polls. I just want to let you know that I'm not obsessing over these polls. I'm calm. I'm confident right now. I believe that the pro-democracy vote is going to come out strong. I'm confident that the beatdown community, the brigaders, the Midas Mighty, and pro-democracy loving people across America are going to come out. Because let, let, let me let me just show you this, because this made its way into one of special counsel Jack Smith's filings. As the data needs to get out there. I was talking about that speech I was giving in the swing left West Valley. And one of the things I talk about when I give these speeches as I go, you know, I cover Donald Trump's speeches because the things that he says are sometimes so horrific, so antithetical, so against what we are supposed to be for here in the United States of America. Like, did you know, Cohen, that when Donald Trump and for all of the 18, 19,000 people watching this live, I want you to help share this message. Like, did you know that when Donald Trump goes out to give his speech, he has the people in the audience pledge allegiance to the January sixth choir anthem, yeah, over the national anthem. He's just he's like, just a he's just a disgrace. He's a disgrace in every single way, shape, and form. Ben, let me say this: I'm with you on that. When it comes to these polls, bullshit. All right, the New York Times poll it was with Sienna, whoever the hell. I would like to see, and I and I really should uh, pull this. I'll I'll figure out how to get it, and then go through the questions, who they actually called, and so on. It's it's absolute nonsense that he could be beating Biden. Now, look, I get it. A lot of people are concerned about Biden's age. I get that. I totally get that. But you're not more concerned about the loss of democracy. You're not more concerned about a guy who himself has come out and said that he's going to rewrite the Constitution, conferring all power of government to the executive branch. 
in essence, making him, not in essence, factually making him into king, supreme leader, monarch, fuhrer, whatever you want to call him. And then on top of that, in the Washington Post the other day, he's already listing people that he is going to go after with the full power of the United States government, including General Milley, and have him executed for treason. I mean, this is right out of The Handmaid's Tale. This is a dystopian world that this guy wants to create with himself as the commander, the, the absolute leader. I mean, this is insane. And people are even for a second considering, I don't give a shit. I really don't give a shit if you're Republican, independent, right? How could you vote for somebody who is so anti-democracy, who is looking to undo this incredible experiment called democracy. I mean, this would make our founding fathers throw up 50 times over. This is not a joke. This is our democracy. They've already destroyed a woman's right to choose. God knows how long it's going to take until you can end up getting that back. It's probably going to require three or four members of the Supreme Court to pass on or to resign or retire. This is not a joke. And that's why, Brigaders, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And every single time I tell you, we must ensure that every single person that is watching this and everyone that you know, your neighbors, your friends, your, your co-workers, your family, whoever, the guy who's driving the bus, it makes no difference. Everyone must be registered to vote for the election in 2024. And we need a blue tidal wave that goes and shows that these polls as I have previously said, says who, and again, I was right on that one too, that these polls don't mean shit because they're wrong. Let me show you what does really matter though. And this is what Donald Trump is saying, as I mentioned, just so people can just say, Ben, you owe it, you got to show me the facts. So please, can you show me the video where Donald Trump is talking about the J6 choir? Well, I can't play the song because Donald Trump is copyrighted and that would result in this episode being taken down. But I'll show you what Donald Trump says right after. He does this in every speech. He plays the J6 anthem. Everybody pledges allegiance to the J6 anthem sung by the J6 choir a choir composed of the most dangerous J6 insurrectionists. And here's what Donald Trump says after the song plays. Play this clip. And they asked me whether or not I would partake and do the beautiful words. And I said, yes, I would. And you saw the spirit. The, uh, the spirit was incredible. And when that came out, it went to the number one song. It was beating everybody. It beat uh, Taylor Swift. It beat... Molly Cyrus, who was number one and two. They were number one and two. We knocked them off for a long time. So then in the court filings in Washington, D.C., Donald Trump tries to distance himself from the insurrectionists. And he says, you know, it is inflammatory that you are connecting Trump to the violence that took place. He was just doing his work within the outer perimeters of Article 2 of the Constitution. That's what Trump's lawyers argue. So Special Counsel Jack Smith responds, excuse me, despite this, the defendant Donald Trump, this is from Jack Smith, defendant Donald Trump has never wavered in his support of January 6 offenders, which he's now trying to distance himself from. For instance, the government will introduce at trial the defendant's own statements in the years since January 6th, proclaiming it, quote, a beautiful day 
and calling rioters, quote, patriots, many of whom he, quote, plans to pardon. The government will also introduce evidence of the defendant's public support for and association with the January 6th choir, a group of particularly violent J6 defendants detained at the District of Columbia jail. The defendant's decision to repeatedly stand behind January 6th rioters and their cause is relevant to the jury's determination of whether he intended the actions at the Capitol that day. And that's part of the argument I always make, Michael Cohen, is that here's what Donald Trump's saying in court, different. Here's what he's saying to you. Here's what he's saying there, because it's not built on principle. It's just built on a callous disregard for the truth, doing whatever is necessary to try to seize power and to try to cause divisions not bringing people together. And so when we talk about political beatdown, the Midas Touch Network, it's interesting because I go, sure, we just saw something, uh, Cohen, that said that. You know what we, it we, is, Ben? It's flip-flop just like his hairstyle. That's just how he is. He flip-flops his hair and he flip-flops on his positions. He doesn't know what he's saying because he lies all the time. If his mouth is moving, he's lying. Plain and simple. And it's it's more than just the fact that he knows that he, he doesn't even know anymore what the truth is because he's lied so many times back and forth like this one. He's for J6 insurrectionists. He's anti-J6 insurrectionists. It's whatever suits him for the moment. And for whatever reason, I am embarrassed, embarrassed in the world's eyes that there are still, whether it's 40% or 42% or 39%, I don't care. I am embarrassed that even one person has faith in this, this former president that accomplished absolutely nothing in four years, other than to sow, as you rightfully stated, division, hatred, and so on. That's all that he did. You know, Brett just sent us some data showing that the new Maya Culpa podcast on the Midas Touch RSS feed, that's blue, by the way, is now in the top 10 of all politics podcasts. The Associated Press just published it. But, you know, as I was giving this speech at the Swing Left West Valley over the weekend and getting out the vote um, and, and speaking with the great youth canvassers there, and I was reflecting on political beatdown, the Midas Touch Network. And, you know, and when I give speeches and people say, well, did you always know you wanted to get in politics? And I go, you know, what's so interesting is that, yes, this is a political network, if you will, but I don't really view it as political. I ultimately view it as just a network of community and people and evidence and compassion and love and just trying to spread positivity more than just like, are you a Democrat? I'm a Republican. Are you a progressive? You are a liberal. Am I a Democrat or am I the, like I view it as how do we, how do we find ways to bring people together? That's why I want to be very welcoming actually to people who leave the MAGA crew. And I know that's hard, but if they want to leave and they recognize that on an evidence-based way that they were misled, I'll always welcome them into the pro-democracy community. That's why I highlight voices that I disagree with, like Chris Christie, um, Asa Hutchinson, 
you know, where I could try to find a commonality and say, Ron DeSanctimonious, you know, you know who, who I am I, d- disgusted with and who I think is a, a Trump 2.0, or maybe now we see him as a negative two, whatever, creepy human being, however you want to characterize it. But when he says something that I go, oh, you know what? That is data driven. Then I platform and I'll give you an example. When he says that $8 trillion of debt was caused by Donald Trump, and that's the root of inflation that Biden's actually brought down by 60 to 70%. That's accurate. That's an accurate piece of data that, yes, the most debt was created under Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans, and now these MAGA Republicans want to MAGA-splain to us about the uh, fire that they created as the arsonists, and they want to attack the firefighters. So I just want to leave with this, and I'll give you the final word, Cohen. Today's November 7th when we are recording this live. You may be watching this after November 7th, in which case we may know the results. But right now, the results are not a foregone conclusion. I want you to know there aren't just mysterious forces that are out there that are making these decisions. This is about you and what you can do. And look what you've already done. You've built this community into one of the largest, if not the largest pro-democracy community in the world. You did that. Cohen and I are happy messengers of the community, but you all created this community with love, where we have fun, an occasional emoji here and there, where we can smile, where we could hang out together. We can talk about evidence. We could talk about facts. And we can talk about being unapologetically pro-democracy. You built this. Your possibility is endless. Your potential is endless. I want you to know that. Fascism wants to take away your power. And we here at the Midas Touch Network and on Political Beatdown want you to know that you have the power to make a difference. So use that power today on November 7th. And please do anything you can to try to get out the message while the polls are still open. Cohen, I'll leave it to you to finish off this episode and tell people about, about the Patreon. Yeah, so Patreon, look, uh, we're having a blast with it. Uh, Patreon.com uh, forward slash political beatdown. You know, join our little Patreon family on top of that December. You'll see I'm at New York City Winery doing a live mea culpa um, in front of obviously live audience. Uh, check that out. You can just go to NYC City Winery. I think, Ben, uh, we have it up uh, somewhere in one of the buttons to push here or there. Um, Short of that, thank you all for everything that you do each and every day. You really do, and I've said this before, but it's worth repeating. You give me the strength to go on. You have no idea. Nobody could understand just how exhausting this whole journey has been. But what's the choice? Allow the destruction of our democracy? Allow our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren and, God willing, great-great-grandchildren and future, future generations to suffer because we were stupid, because we didn't do enough in order to stop the Mandarin Mussolini? Really? No. Thanks to all of you and your support and your love. This is what helps me get up every morning Put on my big boy pants and get out there and fight the fight. And don't forget, come March, I, uh, you know, I'm going to be a witness again uh, in the uh, trial by the district attorney of New York, which, again, is criminal. And I hate it 
I do truly hate it when everybody wants to say, oh, my gosh, you know, that's not as important as the uh, seditious conspiracy. Me personally, I don't give a shit. I really don't care. <laughs> it's like it's I call it the Al Capone theory. I don't care if they got him on murder, extortion, racketeering, bootlegging, prostitution, gambling. I don't care. They got him on tax evasion. Whatever it is that they can do to stop this raging, this raging fool, I'm all in. And again, I'm all in thanks to the support and the love from all of you. So appreciate you. Patreon.com slash political beatdown. We're going to record our after show right now. Hopefully we see you and there. don't forget, going for Congress. Now, my wife hasn't agreed to it yet, but I promise, Brigaders, you will be the first to know. I think I'm getting close, by the way, Ben. I may be getting close to to yeah to pushing her. Sometimes I I you know she says I don't want I don't want you. We've had enough with these people, and so I'm like, honey, I'm not talking to you then. And so I'll just go watch a football game. And she gets really angry at me, and she's like, can we talk about it? I know I'm working it. Well, we will we will see to be continued. Patreon.com/slash political beatdown. If you see me walk in the uh, streets of California or wherever, and you want to do that, just let me know you're a political beatdown fan so I don't get nervous. Thank you, everybody, for <laughs> watching. We'll see you next time on Political Beatdown. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. <laughs>